Hello and welcome to the Road Trip Sports Podcast. My name is Harrison Crook and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Oliver Gilmore. Ollie, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well, H. We're back for another episode and we've officially hit the festive season. We sure have. It's time for Christmas and it's time for us to spread some Christmas cheer uh, by bringing you our Christmas spectacular today. So we've got lots of things coming up. Uh, We've got a... Uh, Christmas draft, a Christmas movie draft we're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to be giving out Christmas presents to some of the teams who are on the bubble trying to contend for a playoff spot in the NFL. We're also going to talk about some of the Christmas-based sports events from around the world. Uh, and we're going to hit some news. We're going to talk all about the uh, FIFA World Cup final, uh, which happened very recently. It's going to be a good one. It sure is. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, before we get into the nitty-gritty of it, mate, what type of Christmas shopper do you think that you are? I mean, I've done a bit of Christmas shopping over the past couple of days. Um, I'm usually, I'm not as good as I usually am this year, but how do you find yourself as a shopper? Uh, Chaos. It's chaos. I I enjoy it. I don't have a problem with it like some other people do, but um, I'm someone who has to go over and over to the shops to sort of get an idea about what I want to buy and because it's, I find it so tough for me to think of things without seeing them in front of me. Um, so I go back and back and back, and then eventually slowly build up my present count until I'm, uh, I've spent way too much money and uh, bought heaps of presents. I usually get it done in one go. That's why I always pride myself on getting it done. Like give myself a couple of hours. One go. Yeah, but this year has been oh, a bit different. Hey, I think I've had a couple of goes at me. it. Um, and particularly like trying to get things you're like oh i'm definitely set on this and then you get there and there's nothing available or something isn't working and it just completely throws you out but yeah this year's been a bit more difficult um chaotic i don't have to buy for a lot of kids though there's not a lot of kids in my family i'm pretty sure you're the same sort of thing yeah um but i could imagine that would be a lot worse or better because ultimately you just go in the toy aisle and just just chuck everything in buy what you secretly want to have yourself (laughs) (laughs) yeah use the uh creative instinct of a child absolutely absolutely um well before we get into the show um the song's ended um but we're still going to chat about all of our uh, socials we're on facebook instagram and tiktok at road trip sports pod uh, if you want to find us on YouTube, you can search Road Trip Sports Podcast. Uh, any inquiries you've got, if you'd like to get in touch with us, if you'd like to get on the podcast, we've got some great special guests coming up shortly, uh, so stay tuned about that. But if you'd like to get on the podcast yourself, make sure to get in touch with us, Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com or slide into any of our DMs. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to what's to come, H. We uh, hopefully have got some very, very, very reputable, I would, I would say, guests, or very interesting guests nonetheless, but um, we're really excited for that, but... We're going to keep it in the vault for the moment, yeah, but, uh, yeah. but stay tuned, follow us on all those socials if you want to be the first to find out about when these special guests are going to be dropping in um, for their episodes. Of course, of course. And sticking to the Christmas theme, um, we had a, a gingerbread house competition. and um, We did. Against our partners, we sort of entered thinking, oh, we've got no chance. But I was pleasantly surprised by how well we did to the point where I think we had the better, the better house, mate. I'm not going to say that um, because I will be the gentleman and accept defeat that they did win. Um, On but- a technicality, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think both houses look great. I think that their house was better built. Uh, we went for gimmicks, which um, I think paid off. I think our mode idea was pretty spectacular. And um, I think we did a great job. So 
if the uh, bar was pretty set pretty low, we uh, we climbed over that thing and uh, and got the job done. Yeah, I think so too. And um, it was really really cool to do uh, a cool Christmas tradition that I've never done before. So it was cool to do it at least once. Um, in Definitely what was, something I'd be keen to do again. Yeah, for sure. And it was it was uh, part of the interesting week, H. We um, and I suppose we're into a new week now, which we saw a World Cup final in the soccer. We chatted previously or before the World Cup and gave a few of our predictions, but we saw the final. What did you think? Uh, I didn't watch it live, uh, but watching, I watched the um, the smaller game back, and what a game it was. That was absolutely unreal. Uh, a lot of people are saying it's one of the best games of all time. I think it's up there. It has to be. Um, just for all the drama, the storylines, the reasons why I love sport, it had all of that. So, great game, great finish, and good on Messi for winning the World Cup. I'm going to go and say it's the best second half and you know, extra time penalties game I've seen. Like that's The second half of that game was ridiculous. Obviously, we saw a late run from France. They were down uh, 2-0. Two quick goals to Kylian Mbappe, including a penalty and what was a pretty good uh, shot on goal. Then it goes to extra time. Messi scores. Mbappe scores another penalty. And then we head to penalties, H. Yeah, and it was... Um, it was they, they got the job done, Argentina, in the end. And um, Yeah, li- Messi lifting the trophy. Um, there was a bit of controversy about him wearing the robe. Um, when he lifted the trophy, but I think that I don't really make much what of that. What controversy? He was made to wear that. <laughs> yeah, well, the, pe- people people took issue with him being made to wear it. Thought that it was wasn't good that he didn't get to lift the trophy and have that moment just in his Argentina shirt. But it was like the, one of the highest honors they can bestow on civilians or something like that. I, I yeah, heard okay. that it was like um, it's a thing that they give to like royalty and stuff. Right. So they were basically implying in their own way that Messi was the king of of football and the king of um of king of soccer on the world stage so um yeah, i don't have an issue with it you need to deal with context really as as you sort of said um but do I you think, think it, he's the goat now That's yeah i was about question. to say i think it ties into that question a lot i think he is i think he is i think he's got the resume i think he's got the stats the only drawback and i was having a chat with um with a mate today about the discussion about Messi is the goat. And the only drawback you can have on him now is he never proved it outside of Spain at a club level. He only said the only major success he's had is at Barcelona. Um, and I'm not going to bring up Ronaldo because everyone always does the Messi Ronaldo debate. But you can bring up several other players who are in that conversation who have proved it in other places. Um, that's the only argument you can make against him at this point because every argu- other argument, every other major statistic points to him being the greatest. So I think he is, ultimately, um, and I'm happy to admit that, but I just thought I'd provide the devil's advocate. Why not? Yeah, I don't like that argument. I, I mean, PSG are always the best team, but and then PSG, yeah, PSG are always the, the best team, and it's not like he's went and he hasn't won a Champions League. So um, I think they've been it's sort of weird like we talk about Ronaldo and his experience in the Italian league and it's much the same like Juventus and and PSG are levels ahead of their competition so they're always going to win at club level but yeah well it's another room for debate I guess it is it is Um, and if we want to talk about our predictions at all I think we got we we said Argentina would come runner-up so we got pretty pretty close with that um, are there any other predictions that stand out from our uh, our set? 
Um, I would say we had Argentina in the final. We had them as a runner-up. Um, we predicted that France were going to uh, bow out in the quarters or semis, and I think that was based on the draw. But ultimately, as we sort of indicated, the draw determined who they faced. And you would say they had a cushy side of the draw moving up to that final. Um, obviously, Argentina had to go through... Uh, would have had to had to go through, through the Aussies. Yeah, and um, they had to go through the Aussies. Isn't it crazy that they've um, the two teams they lost to were in the final? Yeah, and they it are. just shows soccer is number three. We we should have got the bronze medal. Yeah, exactly right. Imagine if that was a thing. That'd be weird. But anyway, <laughs> um, Croatia, they got that third place spot. So yep. by beating Morocco, who was probably the surprise of the whole very World big Cup. surprise and one of the furthest traveling uh, African nations. Um, in the World Cup, so good on them. But it was a great World Cup, and it was a very exciting, different World Cup. Um, so it's going to be very exciting with the next World Cup, uh, the next Men's World Cup, sorry, being in 2026 uh, in North America. So there's going to be some games in Mexico, US, and Canada uh, for the next World Cup. I think that's going to be great for the sport, and I think that um, soccer is just about ready to take off in the States. It is, it is. And um, wow, this is not even on the run sheet, but... Did you see the the Melbourne victory game? And you said Australian soccer was on such a high. Yeah, that's just uh, what do you say? That's it's it's disappointing. It's frustrating. It's taken Australian soccer back many many years, um, and it's going to be a stain on Australian soccer for a long time. I mean, I, I've spoken to people about it at, at work who have nothing to do with sport. Wouldn't You wouldn't catch them. I'm a school teacher. You wouldn't catch them on the playground, um, like, playing sport at all. Like, And even they were talking about it. There were so many people talking about this thing and how it impacts um, the international perspective on our country. It's, it's shocking. Yeah, I agree. And um, it's weird because originally it was just meant to be... Uh, they were meant to leave early on in the game and it was the fact that they flew a f- flare on the field. The goalkeeper's basically thrown it back. But it just... You can't... You need to separate sport and spectators. I think that's always been the thing. Like, you can't feel entitled enough to think that you can jump the field and assault someone and, not, and get away with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just... Do you think that they need to have... Uh, more barriers for fans. Do you think, like, almost like I, I think of ice hockey. Do you think they need to have plexiglass sort of? Um, no, like I don't. I don't. Borders I think in the way because to stop fans getting in. I mean, you look at streakers. You look at other things. Like, do we need tougher measures to stop fans getting onto the playing surface? No, there's no need to take an isolated incident well above what it needs to be. Obviously, you need to punish the fans that were involved, but it's I don't think you need to make a hash reaction in this situation. I mean, fans ultimately are able to control themselves. There'll always be fan-on-fan violence. It just does raise the question when players are involved and we have these very novel situations which cause us to think very reactively, but ultimately I think, yeah, it's just a it's just a incident that's very disappointing for the A-League. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, we'll make a bit of a left turn now and get into our first segment, our first Christmas-based segment, uh, which is talking about all the Christmas-based sports events. There's a lot of events um, in our country and in other countries um, that use sport to celebrate the big day. 
Um, so let's go through a few of them now. Let's first start with the Boxing Day test. Oh, do you want to tell us all about the Boxing Day test? Yeah, it's been a long tradition for quite some time. And the first one was played in 1950-1951 Ashes series. And um, it, it can depend. When it first started, it was just one of the days um, on the calendar, not the start of the test. But as we've sort of seen... It's scheduled to start on Boxing Day this year and has done for a long, long time for Australian cricket. And it's not always played with Australia and England, but every time that it is, you know, it's a big, big, big occasion. But I think it's a great thing that multiple countries are involved. I mean, it's all—it's great to have the Ashes on Boxing Day every single year, but isn't it just fantastic when, you know, you expose Indian cricket fans, New Zealand cricket fans, we've seen Pakistan, the West Indies, Sri Lanka... Um, amongst others and this year we will see South Africa which has already proved to be an interesting first two days it was over in two days yeah um, the first test but a really cool occasion that um, I think is probably on the bucket list for me and is on one of the uh, it's probably on the sporting calendar as one of the cool events for Australian sports and as long as it doesn't go for just two days it's a nice way to fill in that that weird time you get between Christmas and New Year's where you're not quite sure what to do with yourself you're not quite sure what day it is and you're just trying to get to the end of the year it's always nice to have that Boxing Day test as the stable thing to get you through um, I always I'm, I'm not the biggest cricket fan I won't watch uh, too much of it but I always like watching the Boxing Day test it's, it's, I think it's perfect and it's perfect for Australian culture because you can have um, you can do your presents, you can chill with family, watch a bit of the cricket, then come back and leave and watch some more and throughout the day. It's good to just have in the background as well. Oh, it's Like perfect. Christmas lunch, you're having Christmas lunch, um, all your grandparents and stuff are just taking a cheeky look over the shoulder at, uh, at the score as you're walking up to get a drink. Hey, can you check the score while you're up there sort of thing? Um, Good conversation starter for those um, long-distance family members you haven't spoken to in a long, long time. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, well, I thought I'd bring up another um, Christmas-based sports event, and you, and the Premier League Boxing Day games are always a big fixture on the calendar. So they have uh, usually around six Boxing Day games. They usually try and schedule some of the feature matches um, for Boxing Day. So... Um, that's always a big event in England, uh, getting to those games, and it sort of starts to signal the run home for the Premier League season. The teams in relegation zone um, trying to push out, the teams in up the top trying to push for that title. The Christmas Day, the sorry, the Boxing Day games, and the um, and once the New Year hits, is sort of when everything starts to get real and starts to tighten up uh, in the Premier League. They've actually said that um, in the 19 years of the Premier League as it stands. The team who's been last as of New Year's Day, 16 of them have been relegated. So it's a good indication if you're coming if you're coming last around that time, it's probably not good news. So um, it's very inter- interesting to see the the teams try and jockey for position on those uh, Boxing Day games. Yeah, and dare I say it this year, I think it's a bit of a snooze fest, man. I think this is a, a boring schedule this yeah, year. So. Uh, um, didn't look too great looking at it earlier. Yeah, yeah, no, it didn't. But the next one I want to bring up is the Christmas Day games in the NBA. We see them early, early Boxing Day all through the entire day. Um, the Americans, it happens at Christmas time, and it's a present for those uh, NBA supporters. Uh, they always schedule the marquee matchups. Like, we've got the Warriors versus the Grizzlies this year, which was a bit of a rivalry last year between the two. Um, particularly in the playoff series. 
Um, we've got the Nuggets and Suns, Celtics and Bucks, which probably will be a preview of what I think to be the um, Eastern Conference Championship game. And you've always got to have the Knicks on there and those big name teams like the Knicks, Lakers Sixers, as well. Knicks, Sixers, Lakers, Mavs. Yeah, it's um, they've got a lot of the marquee names in there, and it's a, it's going to be a great uh, great day for the sport. What else are we seeing on Christmas Day for the states this year, H? Uh, well, Christmas Day this year is going to be the NFL. So it just works out that Christmas Day is a Sunday. So we've got a Saturday game as well in there. Um, and then we've got all the Sunday slate of games, including, we'll get to it later, but Packers versus Dolphins. So our two teams are playing each other on Christmas Day in America, early Boxing Day um, for Australians. But it's going to be a great slate of games as well. Um, the NFL have packed some good ones into their... Um, let me take a look through some of them now. We've got... Well, you've got a lot of the games on Christmas Eve, which There's sort a of, lot of correspond with our, well. which corresponds with our Christmas. Um, but those those Boxing Day games are good as well. I'm looking forward to that Packers one in particular. Yeah, Dolphins, Packers, Rams, Broncos, uh, Christmas Day in the States, uh, Cardinals, Bucks, Christmas Day in the States, and then the rest of the games are, are play, being played on Saturday, which is an uh, interesting time for, for NFL football. Agree, mate. And um, one more I want to name off is the Sydney to Hobart yacht race. Not a big thing for me, but another one like the Boxing Day test that you can just chuck on the TV and watch the whole day um, very sparingly. But that starts in Sydney, finishes up in Hobart, Hobart as, as the name sort of indicates. Uh, it's a race that's basically organized by the Yacht Club in Tasmania, and it's actually considered to be one of the most difficult yacht races in the world. So another event there that corresponds with that Christmas calendar. So Model motto of the story is, if you've got nothing on Boxing Day, Boxing Day is not a big thing for your family, you're sitting down and you're watching sports all day, surely. Yeah, absolutely, watching sports all day. Um, I think that's a great, great way to spend it. Um, but we'll move on now uh, to another Christmas segment, and Christmas movies are a big part of our culture. Um, my partner and I just went through and had a marathon. We watched four Christmas movies in one day. Um, and almost unconsciously preparing for this segment because we're going to do a Christmas movie draft. So we're going to go a snake order. I'm going to start. Uh, we're going to get 10 picks, so there's going to be five picks each, and we're going to try and build the best rosters, and you can vote online uh, on our socials for which roster of Christmas movies you would take, which you would binge in a Christmas movie marathon. So here we go, the first pick. With the number one pick. In the 2022 Christmas movie draft. I select... I was trying to think of a team name off the top of my head, but... Um, <laughs> the... Uh, just give us your... The My... Uh, <laughs> just give us your bloody pick. The Miami Rudolphs select... Elf. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually very peeved by that, brother, because I thought uh, that was slipping to me at two. Not a chance. Oh, uh, classic with Will Ferrell. That's one of my favourite movies, not even Christmas related, yeah. Just the pure childlike joy um, in that movie. Um, yeah, un- unbeatable. All right, well, at pick two, give me The Grinch um, or The Grinch That Stole Christmas. A, pretty, a classic movie. Um, which I think is probably up there. I think it suits all all ages, um, adults, kids, everyone sort of enjoys that film and uh, star of the show. I mean, we've seen so, a new so, rendition of it as hold well. Hold on, which, so. which rendition? Are yeah, you it's got to be the old one. Right. Not even a question um, in my mind. So fun fact, I watched that um, with my partner for the first time because I was 
absolutely terrified of the Grinch when I was young. Oh, there's the Grinch I was moments. completely and utterly terrified. Uh, couldn't even like look at the DVD case. Um, it was just one of those irrational fears. So I watched it for the first time. She protected me. Um, my partner did and gave me cuddles and um, made you, me feel safe. You suck. Um, anyway, but yeah, I think that's a good pick there. Um, pick three, I'm taking Home Alone. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> I had to get one back on you. Oh, that's a t- that's one that one sent me spinning. It, some people actually we were t- chatting before. Some people question whether this is actually a Christmas movie, um, given that there's not a lot of Christmas activities involved. But he's home for Christmas. He's accidentally left a home at home during the Christmas vacation, the Christmas holidays. There's enough of a um, correspondence there to to consider a Christmas movie. I think I don't think it's real debatable personally, but that's yeah. just me. No, I think you've done pretty well there. Um, I'm going to go with... It's a tough one here. There's a couple of options. I think that... <sighs> trying to decide whether to go with my head or with my heart. I think National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, you're you're a prick because that was uh, I was hoping that was going to slip. I was consi- I was considering it um at, at pick two or three, but a, that's a classic. It is an absolute classic. Chevy Chase, he's a he's a, he's a, he's unreal in that movie. So absolutely unreal. Uh, lots of laughs, and it was actually the third movie in that series. And it's not often you see the third movie be arguably the best. Can we just put it on record that if movie? you haven't seen any of this top ten? then you probably got to go ahead and do so because I think that ultimately, I reckon you, at least once you've got to binge watch or watch a couple of Christmas movies just to get you in the spirit. I don't care how old you are. Yeah, I, watch, I definitely agree. What's your next pick? I'm going at a diversity pick. It's a, it's a classic. A lot of people enjoy it. I'm going to go with Love Actually. Yeah okay, that was it's in, it's in my it's in my pool I would say of of options. Tell us why you picked Love Actually, H. It's, it's, it's a one love of those movie, cra- classic <laughs> uh, rom coms. It's a Christmas romance uh, sort of movie, and it ties together a lot of different Christmas storylines. It sort of hits all the different beats you want out of um, Christmas romance. It hits the uh, you've got the famous scene with the um, dropping the cards, which is a bit icky. Wants to basically um, take his best mates wife but um but you know um it's a classic for a reason there's lots of good uh rom-com uh elements in there i think it's a good pick i tend to agree um oh this is a tough choice a very very tough choice i'm gonna go with one i'm hoping this one i've got in mind slips but i'm gonna go with the polar express i think it's a good kids movie it's it's sort of funny because a lot of people um discredited a bit but I mean, one of the highest grossing Christmas movies. Um, yeah, I don't know really what, my, what else much to say. It's it's good for the kids. Um, yeah, and it's it, I think it's pretty timeless. It ages well as well. So, yeah, that's my pick. Um, I can't let it slip any longer. It's a question as to whether it is a Christmas movie similar to Home Alone, but much more controversial. I'm going with Die Hard. Hey? Oh, I wanted to take that late. Um, yeah, Die Hard's a good pick there. Do you reckon it's a Christmas movie? That's the. I mean, we're going to include it for the purposes of of, of here, it, but it really isn't. Like it is, but if, it isn't. It's just a, it's a time-based one. The, 
Would the movie be the same if the Christmas element was taken away? I'd say no. Yeah. And that's what I think defines it as a Christmas movie. Does the does it being Christmas impact the story? No, but does it impact the movie? Yes. Yeah, okay. All right. All right, you got two to finish, H, and then my last one. I've got another Will Ferrell one. It's a um, it's a movie called, with Will Ferrell. It's got Mark Wahlberg. It's got uh, Mel Gibson. It's Daddy's Home 2. Have you seen that one? I know I know what you're talking about. And it is, but... It's a Christmas... No, don't don't give me this. It's a definitely a Christmas movie. The yeah. whole thing is centered about Christmas. It's amazing. I don't like the pick. You don't, I don't like, like the pick? I don't like the pick. And watch it again. The the funny scenes there they're trying to celebrate Christmas with their um with their fathers. They're both um one's a father, one's stepfather, raising children. Um and just all of the scenes in that hilarious thing. You just picked it because John Cena's in it, didn't Absolutely you? I did. And he sings <laughs> Do They Know It's Christmas? It's the best. Um and they yeah, they get stuck in the movie theater, they sing and do they know it's Christmas. I love it. I think it's a great movie. Uh, one of my favourites. All right, what's your second pick uh, or oh. the ninth pick now, H? Yeah, here's where it this starts. This is going to round you out here. So, I don't know. Take, bear that in tough. mind. Um, right, I'm going to go another controversial pick, but I watched it recently. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it had all of the elements you want out of a Christmas movie, and it came out this year. The Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special was absolutely amazing. I haven't seen it, so I actually can't comment. What's it about? Um, so basically, it's um, on the Outer Rims. They don't really know what Christmas is. They only know through uh, what Star-Lord, what uh, Chris Pratt's character has told them um, about Christmas. So um, Drax and uh, Mantis set off to try and um, find the meaning of Christmas and give um, Star-Lord the present of Kevin Bacon. They try to kidnap Kevin Bacon um, and retrieve him as a present. Uh, for Star-Lord for Christmas. Absolute hilarious time. You've got some classic uh, Dave Bautista in there um, with as Drax. Great movie. I loved it. Okay. All right. Uh, I don't mind you the least, and we'll go through both of, ours, both of ours at the end. Now, this is the hardest pick because I reckon I've got so many options left available. I'm going to give you some that have come to the top of my head. The first one's It's a Wonderful Life, which is an end of Christmas story, which is sort of those older movies that are considered the best Christmas movie. But... It's just not my era, bro. I, I don't think that I can um, connect with those the same as the newer the newer movies. Um, now, part of those newer movies, Gremlins is a really, really good one. Yep. Um, I like the Santa Claus. I think that's a really, really good movie. But I'm, I need a little bit of variety here. You know, I've got the kids' movies in, in Grinch, Home Alone, Polar Express. I've got a bit of uh, a spark in Die Hard, but I need a funny... Uh, crude movie and I'm going with Bad Santa that's a good pick underrated I think that's a that's a really good pick there I wouldn't pick Bad Santa 2 I think that one's an absolute uh, crapper mate I think that's a horrible <laughs> movie but um, <laughs> Bad Santa 2 has got a bit of everything and I, it's just a different take on Christmas and I really like it so to round out my roster to to uh, reiterate I've got The Grinch Home Alone Polar Express Die Hard Bad Santa and an easy dub mate because i got the best list there yeah, I think you've uh, 
you've made really good use of your two and three picks. Um, I think that was your strategic planning, making a snake Possibly. draft and not a, not a back and forth draft. Um, I think what my list does, though, is variety. I've got a lot of different variety. I've got something for everyone on there. You um, you've got Elf. You've got National Lampoons, Christmas Vacation, Love Actually, Daddy's Home 2, and Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Holiday Special. So there's a lot of variety there. You've got your um, really kiddie sort of movie like Elf. You've got your one for the whole family, Christmas Vacation. You've got your a bit more adulty one, uh, Daddy's Home, uh, like adulty sort of comedy. You've got your rom-com Love Actually, which I think is the thing that's lacking in yours, um, is that sort of romance uh, Christmas movie. And then you've got the superhero, the fun, spectacular um, Guardians of the Galaxy. So I think my pitch for my roster will be that it's got variety. It's got something for everyone in the family. There you go. Well, I think um, we've rounded that out. And we'll leave it to the socials as to who you think uh, took out that Christmas movie draft. A cool little take. And we've actually run through the idea of doing some more drafts similar to this that are on various different topics as a bit of filler for those that aren't as interested in the sports as much. You know, we even considered before this, was it famous Nicks, you know, uh, after St. Nick. But we settled on the Christmas movies think that was a uh, a good pick h yeah i think i think so indeed if you've got any ideas for what you think we should draft next uh, make sure to let us know on the socials at road trip sports pod on facebook instagram and tiktok but we're going to move on now to another segment we've got based on christmas and we're going to be we're going to be santa we're going to deliver some presents to some teams who are on the bubble teams who are out of the playoff picture at the moment or very much teetering on that border and want to try and work their way in. So, Ol, do you want to take us through the first one? Um, we've got, we're going to start with the NFC and we're going to start with the Washington Commanders. Um, uh, I've got to take a little stab here, I guess, but I reckon they need a new owner or a new stadium, mate. I don't know if it's so much their roster. I think go ahead and make the playoffs, if you will, but I think that... Uh, I think that they're bound to lose in the first round if they make it. So let's get a new owner, a new stadium. Let's rebuild that team. I think that with a new owner would come a new stadium, but it would also probably come a new culture, um, which would be more um, suitable to winning. I think that under the current system, they're just not not getting it done. Um, so my first one that I wanted to bring up is the Lions. I think they have been fighting hard lately. I think they've been doing an absolutely outstanding job. What they need to do going forward, what the Christmas present I can give them is keeping that grit, keeping that grind. I want them to keep that grit, dictate the game. I give them the gift of having control of the game, making other teams play their physical brand of football because if they do that they are going to play berserker for some teams they are going to surprise some teams they are going to knock some teams out of the playoffs and they might even get themselves in there let's go detroit okay <laughs> maybe they're your team in the NF- nfc h when your dolphins don't make it i'm joking i'm joking all right so <laughs> seahawks the reason they're there to begin with is that defense and i think that it's it hasn't been as quality as it was to start the season. So I think that they need to improve that defense. So what I'm going to give them, I'm not going to give them any players because the deadline's passed, but their defense steps up. That's their little their little Christmas tidbit. Yeah, I think their defense needs to step up. They can't rely on Geno Smith to win them games. He's been amazing, above average so far, um, but I don't think they can rely on him consistently. The next one I'm going to talk about is the Panthers. Why are they on this list? 
I don't know. Um, their Christmas presents to make the playoffs would be uh, the second coming of uh, Christian McCaffrey or Jesus. Um, <laughs> they could also, like, I mean, Luke Keekley shattering the glass, giving out some stunners and making a halftime comeback. I don't know. They're not making the playoffs no matter what we give them. Uh, good luck to you, Panthers. See you next year. Fair, fair. Um, the Packers, I think they need to bring back the gold zone. So many years ago, or even last, as much as last year, they were the uh, number one team in red zone efficiency, and now they're one of the worst. They haven't scored a touchdown on their opening possession in eight games. Um, they're terrible in the second half for the same and I think that, well, let's just get back a uh, some efficiency in the red zone. So they're re-establishing the gold zone, H. I think that's a good idea. Uh, next one for me for the NFC is the Saints. They need to get consistency under center and getting the ball to their developing crop of pass catchers. They've got a lot of young players making impacts, um, but they just need that consistent delivery from their from their quarterbacks, whoever they may be going into the rest of the season. Uh, I don't know whether a healthy Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton gives them a better chance to make a late push for that division. But either way, uh, I don't like their odds. Well, we couldn't include uh, Drew Brees coming out of retirement. so Yeah, if we could, that would be it. All right, let's head to the AFC. Um, I'll start off with the Jets, and I think it's the it's the stable quarterback play. So I think maybe Mike White coming back, but Zach Wilson just definitely isn't the Mike White coming back. Zach Wilson is a joke. Um, my next one is the Patriots, and my Christmas present to you is don't throw the ball to Chandler Jones. Yeah, that well, is the Christmas present. Uh, not turning the ball over and playing sound football. Um, that could cost them a playoff spot. And it wasn't even Mac Jones that did it. It was Jacoby Myers who could be... Could he be released off the back of that? You know? that was <laughs> it the, was that bad. That was the J.R. Smith play of the NFL. It was, wasn't it? It really like just was. Just the, the ultimate heads-down play. We always talk about heads-up football plays. That was a heads-down, put your head in the sand and... Ugh. I would, I would love to be a fly on the wall of the uh, the Tuesday morning meeting when Bill Belichick reams him out. If you're the Jags, I think you need Trevor Lawrence to continue the breakout. And I think that what we've seen so far, and particularly in the past couple of weeks, has been fantastic. They'll be cheering after the win against the Cowboys. He continues to break out. That's their present that they're asking for, H, and that ultimately we're saying they're going to receive. Next one I have is uh, winning the close games for the Raiders. They've had a tough time of uh, stealing out a lot of those games. They finally got one against the Patriots. We're going to give them, uh, to get them to the playoffs, we're going to give them the gift of more close game wins, and that might just propel them uh, to 9-8 and maybe into the playoffs. Next up, and lastly, we've got the Browns, and I think it's the two-prong attack of Hunt and Chubb, so I don't know what you'd ask for there, but just maybe a better offense, but Chubb and Hunt were very, very good last year as like a one-two punch. Uh, Hunt's sort of taken a bit of a backseat role a bit for the Browns. Um, maybe it's just get him involved in the in the passing game a little bit more. Deshaun's never been one of those quarterbacks that sort of dumps off to, to the running back, so... I don't know that that does happen, but maybe that's the answer for the Browns. Possibly. Uh, well, let's move into the mailbag now. And the first question comes from Peter from Wong, who asks, what food from the Christmas platter are you taking to the stadium? 
Do you want to start? Because I'm still toing and throwing on this answer a bit, H. Yeah, I think for me, you look at a lot of things like the Christmas ham, the Christmas turkey, or um, whatever bird you've got for your Christmas feast. It's a bit too big to bring into the stadium. But what you can bring is you can bring that stuffing because that stuffing is absolutely divine. You could eat it just on its own. And I would just, in a bowl, put it in front of me, put a good, uh, put a good game in front of me. Let's go. Honestly, this could be anything, hey. I I think about Christmas and I think a lot about dessert. I think that's maybe just been me as a, as a person. Um, nonetheless, I think you can get enough food, get enough quality food at the football. I know we're talking, we're talking bringing your own, but I reckon you can work off the back of a dessert. Maybe it's a famous like Mars bar slice or a, a bit of pavlova. That's probably a bit too messy. Maybe some rumbles or um, a rocky road, but... Mm. I reckon it's a dessert, H. That's my thoughts. Yeah, that's a good call as well. Uh, next question comes from Rob from Waters Bay who asks, what positions in sport would you play the most famous Christmas characters at? Let's go through them. Let's go Santa. Where's he playing? He's got to be on the, he's on the O-line, bro. I reckon he's Santa <laughs> giving gift wrapping presents straight to the, uh, straight to the quarterback. Uh, Rudolph. Rudolph. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> If running he, back? If he can light up the scoreboard the way he lights up uh, the night sky, I'd say maybe like a point guard in basketball. I got I got one here. It's coming to the top of my head. Butter the elf. He's got to be the quarterback. You seen that scene where he's pegging the snowballs? Oh, he's just he's looking like peak Brett Favre with those gunslinger lasers. He's the uh, he's the QB. I don't really know. Is there anything else that we could um, touch on? Frosty the snowman. You're asking me. I got no idea. Frosty the snowman. Yeah. Uh, maybe a kicker? Iceman? <laughs> I don't know. Mr. Ice Clutch? in his veins. Um, last one, I reckon the gingerbread man. Yeah? What, what do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon... Have you seen Shrek 2? Uh, probably. You know the scene where they've me. got the giant ginger gingerbread man? You're testing me, yeah. Put him at defensive end or defensive tackle and let's go. Get some sacks, baby. Mate, you are very creative with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next question comes from Mick White 64 and presumably he asks, did Mbappe seal himself as the best player in the world? Quick, quickly, I'm going to give a one-word answer, yes. I'm going to say no because I think he was already that, um, but I, th- I think he sealed it uh, far before this performance, but of course it's it's one on the world stage. He's produced, I think it would have been nice for him to get the World Cup, but... Um, I think Haaland's run before the World Cup is the reason why I'm saying yes because many people said oh he's the best player in football he can score goal after goal after goal but I just think that Mbappe showed class above class and that he can do just about everything with assists goals I think that's where Mbappe makes it better he does more he does more than Haaland does yeah um, last one what sports related memorabilia would you want underneath your Christmas tree um, this one comes from Daz from CM I don't know if this is a hint but um, that you want some sports memorabilia Daz but um, oh, maybe like oh, it's probably got to be a jersey it, it's whether it's if I'm really really balling like out it's got to be a signs cool. jersey a signed jersey I... that'd probably football would probably be the easiest thing because you, you can relate to a number of sports it's probably got to be football or jersey, I'd say. Yeah, I reckon the signed uh, Dan Marino football would do me nicely if anyone's uh, listening and still has got uh, has got some time to get some stuff ordered. Do your parents uh, love you that much, bro? 
<laughs> I'd want to hope so, but <laughs> um, we'll have to wait and see until Christmas Day, I guess. Well, we're not talking like life or death, so I think they'll probably just ask you to get it yourself. But um, nonetheless, <laughs> maybe like a, a signed helmet would be pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're on the signed helmet train. We got um, a David Bakhtiari I got in. You got a... Um, I got a 201. A 201. So maybe jump on the, the signed helmet train, but we'll jump into our lock of the week, H. I just want to touch by saying that we we're both winners this week. I picked Argentina to beat Croatia, and you picked France to beat Morocco. So which we, we both picked the uh, finalists for the World Cup. Yeah, no penalties, which was our big concern early. Yeah, yeah, because the penalties are the great equaliser. I feel um, when teams are pretty even. Um, so at this week, we don't have to pick a game because it is a lock off, and it was it's arguably the most important lock off. Of the season, it's the Dolphins hosting the Green Bay Packers. Dolphins finally, after a three-game away stint, thanks NFL schedule makers for that. Love that. Love being in the West Coast for two weeks and then having to go to Buffalo. Thanks. Um, finally get to home. Finally get to play um, the Packers. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be on Boxing Day morning in Australian time, Christmas Day in American time. We're going to be watching and absolutely loving that game. We sure will. Um, I wish this game was last year, but I've had to... I, I suppose we've copped the, the poor Dolphins for the past few years, so maybe it's only right that you cop a, a poor Packers team. But I've been a fan for 20 years. I'll, the uh, poor Dolphins team has been for 20 years. <laughs> we're, we're really excited for this game because we're only able to see it every four years. And so in the last... Uh, five matchups. The Packers have won four. The Dolphins have won one, which was in overtime. Hopefully, we see a really, really good game. But a lock score is on the line here. It is indeed. But that's it for our podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate all the support. Make sure, like we said, to stay tuned um, on all of our socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Road Trip Sports Pod, and that's the best place to check out all of our posts regarding our special guests, very special guests, that will be coming up shortly. So make sure you stay tuned. We will be posting that very shortly for you. Um, you can follow us on YouTube. Road Trip Sports Podcast is what you need to search. Any inquiries you've got, if you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, if you'd like to get on yourself, make sure to get in touch with us. Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com or slide into any of our DMs. It's going to be another great week of sport. Wishing everyone a safe, happy, and uh, healthy festive season as well. Enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy your New Year's. Eat plenty of food. Watch plenty of sport. And uh, go Pack Go. Yeah, and I guess that takes us to the outro. Make sure, I hope all of your teams win, unless they're the Dolphins. And that's it. That's a different one. That is a different one. Uh, we'll see you next time, guys. See ya.